recording now, but I'll still put it. Give it a flash for a second. Okay. Hi, I'm John Clark. I'm a writer and comedian. I'm Bill Monroe. I'm an evil marketing guy. I'm Mike Drucker. I'm a writer and comedian. And we're watching the film version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, the amazing thing about this movie to me is it is comp it is terrible, but it, it was the beginning of probably one of the best TV shows ever. So all the ingredients are right, and the cooking is one of the worst things it could ever be. What I find interesting about it is that it, it, it really fell right into that whole mid-80s sudden girl power movement that also gave us such terrible movies like The Legend of Billie Jean and uh, Supergirl and, and just all those other and anything is starring Helen Slater. awful things. Yeah, anything starring Helen Slater, which eventually devolved into things like uh, in the 90s leading us into Legally Blonde. It all traces back to here. Yeah, Legally Blonde is now a musical, so... That tells you exactly where things are going. I've seen this movie a couple times. But you have just I watched just started the pilot of this TV show. Yeah. And already, can you make a comparison? <laughs> Paul Rubens is in this? It, it's, weird. it's weird when you realize that a full-length featured film has a smaller budget than a show that was on the WB. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of takes you. Okay. I, I will say this in this movie's defense. Kirstie Swanson... Hotter than Sarah Michelle Gellar. Okay, so let me just ask you this. Why are some of the cheerleaders wearing the spandex leggings and others not? You notice the ones that are not are in the back? That's a budget consideration. <laughs> That's a budget consideration. They couldn't, they couldn't afford spandex. It was real tough to come by in 1986. Yeah. They bought a screenplay from a Roseanne writer, and that's all the money they had. <laughs> like, maybe we can get the girl from The Getaway to play in it. That is an interesting Hollywood story, though. The idea that it's like a Roseanne writer, pretty successful show, but whatever, sitcom, writes a script, and you know, studio buys it, and they're like, we'll make a shitty B-level movie, and then ten years later, he's the biggest guy yeah. in his genre. Yeah. Huh. There's a guy dancing around dressed like a pig. So he's a mascot. This is to show you that it's a typical American high school. So, you know, it's like, actually the tone of this, it looks like it's going to be like Heather's. Except Heather's had like this dark edge to it, and this, this doesn't. So, what would you guys say vampire slaying is a metaphor for when applied to Buffy in this movie and not the television series? I think it means no, no means no. Well, I think it's iconic of all teenage rebellion. I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Oh my about. god, is that a, was that a, what's her name? Yes, Michael it C. was. Thompson. I'm sure she had a name. No, 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 uh, the new Karate Kid. Oh, Hilary Swank? Yeah. Yeah, I saw her name in the credits. <laughs> I forgot that she's in this. This is before she won an Oscar. <laughs> if you can believe that. <laughs> I can. I do find this movie has no commentary, so we're not doing an audio commentary of an audio commentary. Yeah. I'm surprised. This DVD came out in 2001 when the show was still on. I'm surprised 
they didn't try to cash in on the show at all just to raise sales. Like, really, Joss Whedon should be doing this derisive commentary <laughs> that we're doing. Right. Because he, he proved that the property was a success by this point. Right. And he should just be angry and naming names. and Somebody must have just been real bitter and wouldn't give them the rights. He probably signed away. He probably wrote this wrote this this piece of schlock, signed away the rights for like ten thousand dollars or something, figuring he put something over on them. Yeah, well, the story was when they did the show, they were like, "Ah, we'll give the screenwriter a call as a courtesy and see if he wants to see if he wants to be any part of this show." And he was like, "Yeah, in fact, I want to do this show for seven years, making an hour in prime time, have a spinoff show, <laughs> and then become the greatest guy known to geekdom." Well, what, that, what that means, ultimately, is Hollywood didn't know this movie sucked until the guy who wrote the script showed them what he was trying to do with it. Because according to your story, that's basically like, oh, we have this great movie. We have the rights to this wonderful film. Why don't we make it a weekly? And it, Actually, what I heard was that they were going to make this a Fox Kids show. Like, it was going to be like another Goosebumps who would come on after Batman the Animated Series. And then Joss Whedon was like, no, let's make it an hour. And they were like, okay, because The X-Files was a top ten show. Which I think is probably the only reason they greenlit this. And Donald Sutherland, working for... <laughs> Scale? Boredom? <laughs> was, he, was he working anyplace else at this point? He could get work. He did Simpsons. <laughs> he was in Mac. I'm saying it. I'm waiting for the argument. Kirstie Swanson, way hotter than Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'm going to disagree. You going to back that up with anything? Yeah, look at him. <laughs> yeah, Kirstie Swanson looks nice now, but she doesn't have any. She's like, she's like, she's like a Lamborghini. She doesn't have, like, but you, you look at a Prius versus a Lamborghini shirt. When they're both new, the Lamborghini looks better. After about 10 years, the Prius is going to hold up. Are you kidding? That <laughs> Lamborghini? You're telling me a Lamborghini's gonna fall apart while a Prius is driving around? Yeah. See, here's the problem with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Okay. I've seen her speak. When she's not reading, when when jo, when when she's reading Joss's words, she's a beautiful woman, and that's a little scary. I'm not even giving you that. But when you see her speaking and trying to make sense of her character's motivation in Scooby Doo on the Letterman Show. She just loses all kinds of appeal. And besides, it's a pointless debate anyway between, you know, uh, the, the two Buffies. The, the, the hot one is really Allison Hannigan. I thought you were going to say the hot one is Luke Perry. And you would be right. <laughs> <laughs> because this is Luke Perry in his prime. This is Luke Perry post 90210. Okay, somebody is leaning over the car with her ass in that's, the other guy's face. That's Buffy. That's Buffy. And the great thing is the guy in that shot seemed a little perturbed by it. Like, sort of like, hey there, Buffy. Well, it was like his girlfriend. Like, you know, if your girlfriend leaned over me to make out with you, I would I would get impatient. You have a girlfriend now? I, I've had one, man. I've had one. I've, I have cool. my own Buffy. She slays. She slays, man. She's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, she must be. I haven't seen any vampires. Exactly. I feel like we've had this conversation before. On another commentary? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now here's Paul Rubens. Ah, yes. He was the only guy I remember being in this. 
And if you look closely, his look with the long hair and the goatee, that's exactly when he got arrested. <laughs> I, I believe he got arrested while shooting this. Really? Yeah, because that's early 90s. The third slasher victim was Jason Doofy. Yeah, well, he's off the screen. You can call him whatever you want. It's like a Monty Python name. Let's just make him a big name because it doesn't matter. And give him a third buttock. Oh, and Buffy has a dad in this movie. That's right. Well, she had a dad in one episode of the TV series. He was in it? Yes. But that was the episode where... Well, he might have been in it. We don't know. That was the episode where she was in the mental hospital. And it might have been that her entire slaying life was a dream. And then the dad would have been a dream. If that was it, unless the slaying life was a dream, because he appeared next to her in the coma with the mom. But see, here's the problem with those kind of episodes. Deep Space Nine did the same thing. Was that the whole thing was like Captain Sisko's dream? The problem is it's a franchise. So yeah, maybe Buffy's whole life is a dream. Then what the hell is Angel doing every week? She can't be dreaming two shows at once. Why not? Maybe Deep Space she's... Nine was even worse. It's like, oh, so every Star Trek show is Ben Sisko's dream. Well, in Buffy, I mean, there, there's only two shows. She was in a coma. During the daytime, she was dreaming Angel. At night, she was dreaming Buffy. But she's not in Angel. So? She's omniscient third-person dreamer. Haven't you ever been in a dream where you've been the omniscient third-party narrator? No, when I'm in a dream, I'm involved. Oh. I'm kind of selfish. Yeah. I, 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 you, you, know, you have omniscient third-person dreams? I'm sure I have. I've had dreams where I've been there and haven't done anything. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'm just hanging around. I'm part of the scenery. Well, that's very similar. So are we modern day or in the past now? Uh, well, oh, we're in Buffy's head. See, Buffy's dreaming again. Usually enough, we're in a See, dream. I just told you she was just dreaming about vampires. I've dreamt about vampires. Maybe you're Buffy. I had that dream where... Uh, and Sarah Michelle Gellar is definitely hotter than you. Actually, I had that dream where, where uh, Drucker and I were arguing about zombies well, when they were real. I, I still stand that. by my argument. Well, that was a strange thing. I don't think I told you, sir. I had a dream one time where there were zombies everywhere, and uh, Mike and I are going to a comedy club, and I'm complaining about the zombies. I'm like, remember when there were no zombies? Now it takes you like an hour and a half to get anywhere because you got to stop and kill a zombie. And Drucker goes, yeah, no, it's fine. You know, you adapt. You kill a zombie, you move on. And I'm like, but, you know, they can still... You know, they can still sneak up behind you. And he goes, well, don't let them sneak up behind you. And then so I woke up the next day. I called Mike up and I told him about this dream. And Mike picked up the argument where the dream left off. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> you know you weren't actually in the dream. No, but I'm backing me. <laughs> so apparently I know how to write in your voice. <laughs> I was flattered. The cool thing about every high school that ever existed is that it's made of brick and everyone sits around the table talking about things. And they all get to hang outside on this gigantic lawn. And they have one aisle of lockers that's in an outdoor portico. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're really... And there's a black person. One. One. And every... That has always angered me. And every... You know, angry at black people? <laughs> no. No. No, no. No, a thousand times no. <laughs> Are you the one that kept the Asians no, out of this? It's the fact that in every movie... Stephen Root is in this. Stephen Root. I want to finish my thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just popped up. In every movie that has a high school, there's either one black kid or it's all black kids. And when it's all black kids, it's always like a dance-off. 
There's no other situation. <laughs> Unless Michelle Pfeiffer is now teaching them. That's Unless the Michelle Pfeiffer is teaching them. That's the other one. <coughs> That's where that great Weird Al song came from. I'm a startup. This movie also has... <coughs> this movie has... Like proto versions of all the other characters in it. Yep. Donald Sutherland is like proto Giles. Luke Perry's proto Xander. Mm -hmm. And apparently we just saw proto Cordelia and proto. Um, I think Hillary Willow. I think Hillary Swank is proto Cordelia. And uh, yeah, proto Willow I think is the girl without product in her hair. Right. Who do you think could win that fight, Buffy or Kitty Pryde? Buffy or Kitty Pride? Kitty Pride. Yeah, Kitty well, Pride. Josh Whedon's writing both now. Well, yeah, but I mean, like. So. Yeah, Kitty Pride. All she has to do is just sort of phase out halfway and let Buffy just keep swinging and swinging and swinging and swinging until she gets tired. And then Kitty just has to put her fist into Buffy and materialize. I'll put it this way Buffy's had training, Kitty Pride has a danger room. Guys, That's why I always thought the, the X Men. Well, Buffy could... had a danger room in the back of the. Uh, yeah, but it back was of the like magic it was shop. like a punching dummy and a pummel horse. But it had a musical interlude. But it when has Kitty Pride ever had a musical interlude? The danger room has robots and holograms. I think the X Men could kick the Avengers' ass because they're the only ones with the danger room. But they have a butler. The Avengers have. Yeah, that makes them softer. Oh shit! They're not even getting their own baloney. Jarvis or Alfred. Alfred. Alfred's had military training. What? Well, somehow we've made the commentary on the on a geeky movie even geekier. We're like, we're like, oh look, there's a, a David Arquette's in this. This movie as like Xander Part Two. So do you think that like all of these okay Buffy or one of the Duras sisters? I want to hear what Mike was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I also want to hear what I had to say. <laughs> now, do you think that these are all talented? Luke Perry's actually relatively talented. David Arquette's relatively talented. Hilary Swank's talented. What do you think they think of this movie in conjunction with the fact that they then did it again five years later successfully? I think all of them didn't care because they did it successfully on television. Ah. And they, with the exception of Luke Perry, they were all still making movies at that time. That's true. Christy Swanson's not anymore. David Arquette's... What happened to Christy Swanson? Like, where'd she go? I think she was on Dancing with the Stars. That doesn't count. Oh, that's No, but sad. That, that means she's alive. Well, good. And pathetic. Yeah. Didn't Jay Peterman win the Dancing with the Stars, or did he host it? I think he... I thought he hosted it. All I know is he was, appear, he was appearing in, commercial, in insurance commercials holding a penguin. Was he selling penguins? <laughs> no, he was buying insurance. For the penguin? No, for himself, but you have to have a penguin. Why? I don't know. I still don't get the concept. Neither do I. But <laughs> maybe that's why it's not running anymore. Was it in the middle of the afternoon? Because <laughs> that's kind of like when they show those commercials. Because they show them to old people. <laughs> are they drunk or are they just yeah, they're drunk. dumb? They're drunk and dumb. Was this Donald Sutherland or is this a vampire? Oh, That's a vampire! Uh-oh! That's a gay vampire. Just because you bite a dude doesn't mean you're a gay vampire. <laughs> just because you bite a dude doesn't mean you're a vampire. Maybe you're experimenting. 
We both went opposite directions. <laughs> I was like, just because you bought a doesn't mean you're a gay vampire. And yours was just... Yes, right? Yeah. It makes you gay. <laughs> I was going not gay, you were going gay. Do you think they let Joss Whedon on the set? No. Because <laughs> I think he'd be like, hey, how about we do? And they'd be like, listen, <laughs> listen, Roseanne. We know. <laughs> you can go back and write for DJ. We know. I know that you know how to write dialogue, but this is a movie. Yeah. So why don't you sit back and we'll send you the check once the royalties flood in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris Swanson still looks good. I bet she still looks like a Lamborghini. Yeah, but she looks like one of those like mid '80s Lamborghinis, where it's like flat those... out on the road with fat tires. Yeah, and like <laughs> and pastel pants. Just a lot of scratches and bumps, and headlights aren't as bright anymore. Now you see, so here, in. here's the problem with our modern era and Chris Hansen and all those. No longer can an old guy lurk around in a high school gym and watch girls in tight clothes work out. And that's a damn shame. So it's all over for you. Yes. <laughs> you figured another five now, minutes. Now, I, now i got to find another thing to do with my afternoons. Bill has two options. It's either stop or become a teacher. And he doesn't know how to teach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you have the internet. Thank God I have the internet. We're all going to Google Christy Swanson tonight and be relatively disappointed with what we're <laughs> Because there's going to be no naked pictures. Yeah, and even the pictures we find, we're going to be like, ooh, time has not been kind. I don't know. I'd, I'd, be, able, I'd be willing to bet that she looks good. I also think if she did hit the top, hit the skid where she did the layout for Playboy, it would be one of those arty, fuzzy, black and white shots where you're like, all right, where she you knows she's in like a hotel ballroom or something. Like classy women get naked in. Yeah. So, so, so what is she now? Like 39? 42? Well, there you go. Now she's pulled them on. This is why Giles had to be a librarian. So he had a reason to be in the school. Donald Sutherland. No, no. And Donald Sutherland looking especially creepy in this. Yeah. As opposed to, like, Kelly's Heroes? As a, yes. <laughs> opposed to Kelly's Heroes and Animal House combined, he's creepier. What I do like about Donald Sutherland is 1960s through 1980s hippie, 1980s through now, old. <laughs> <laughs> there was no in-between. There was no, like, like, Bruce Willis sort of aging gently. It was hippie old. You know, you know what I think it happened? When Kiefer Sutherland had a career, he went, that's my son, so I'm old. Right. As soon as he saw Dark City. Yeah. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland's great character turn in Dark City, where he breathed between every word. Yeah. It's a good movie, but... Yeah. Oh, it's a she, she bears the mark of the coven. He, he proves she's the slayer by asking to see her tattoo. I think that got lost in the series. Yeah, I don't remember remember Giles doing any birthmark checks on Buffy. Buffy's mom, on the other hand. Not that it aired.
I wasn't really paying attention. I just picked up right here. <laughs> when, when you're a slave, does it really matter what state you're in? No. Well, yes. I mean, because, like, certain states were against it. Well, you're not going to be able to visit any other states with these. That's true. There's definitely, like, a fetish element to the series. Okay. So here's the other big difference between this and Buffy, or modern Buffy. She's the reincarnation of the previous Slayers. Right. As opposed to Buffy, they're not reincarnations. Right. Well, you know. No, they're just they're like mutants. They have they're born with the potential. And then and when, when one, one dies, dies one, another one's activated. Or, like Highlander. Or, or when yes, exactly like Highlander. Oh. Or, or when one almost dies. Yeah. See, Mike's Mike's watched half of the pilot. <laughs> so. So I know that there's vampires and fighting them involved, but I'm not really sure past that. <laughs> and there's a high school. Joss Whedon basically wants to have sex with any woman he writes. Isn't that why writers write? Well, I mean, like, not nonfiction. <laughs> no, nonfiction. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't that why all, what Madeleine Albright's biographer was in? Have you not read Gore Vidal's Lincoln? <laughs> that is one long come on. Hey, Mr. Lincoln, like to run my fingers to your fuzzy beard. I want to read your Gettysburg address. <laughs> Gore Vidal was gay. Ergo. I'm just, uh, like, if it was a biography of Mary Todd Lincoln. You're just saying that because he was no, biting guys in the Mary, neck. No, because it'd be Mary Todd Lincoln. It's like Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, Mary Todd Lincoln was crazy. She was probably a slayer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she was a slayer. Mary Todd Lincoln. Get fucking conspiracy theorists and Tim Warner in here. Mary Todd Lincoln was a slayer. And then everyone was like, you're crazy because you're always out at night with a stake in your hand. But she knew. And John Wilkes Booth was a vampire. You know what? If the show was still on, that would be the spec script we would hand in, and it would and it, it would just say Buffy the Vampire Slayer by two big fans, <laughs> no names on it. There would be little cartoons of us waving the script in the air and jumping. We could still submit it to a fan fiction site. We could create our own <laughs> fan fiction site. Mary Todd Lincoln slash Slayer. Buffy. <laughs> Mary Todd Lincoln the Vampire Slayer. I think here's and Gordon Andrew Willow. Johnson was actually Spike. That could be, yeah. There's a lot of boredom in this film. For a, for a movie about slaying From the vampires, audience's perspective? I was going to say just in it itself. Like, th this is the third scene where Buffy's just been like, well, I'm not doing anything. It's that classic cop movie stakeout scene. Where they're sitting around drinking their coffee. And vampires can also fly in this movie and they can't fly in the movie. In the TV show, yeah, they don't fly in movies. Oh. Also, they don't have the weird bumpy foreheads that they have on the TV show. Are these vampires or zombies? They're vampires. There's no zombies. In, in the White Wolf series, these would be probably members of the Sabbat. Yes. Huh? Did you ever play White Wolf roleplay? Nope. Oh, uh, you're missing out on a world oh. of fun when you pretend you're a vampire with friends in high school. I I played one game for ten, one character for ten years. Don't you guys feel proud when you hear something nerdy you don't know about? <laughs> you like immediately you want to kick into that. No, I had a life. I was collecting back issues of Iron Man. I'll let you know if it happens. Yeah, but usually it's like music or stuff that isn't nerdy. Like it's like, hey, did you see what the Yankees did? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Civil War reenactors? Now, they don't have bumpy foreheads, but they do have elf ears. 
Yes. You did it, man. You're playing out for Fiddy Time. Fiddy? Fiddy. Yeah, yeah, He's in character. What's he doing? Oh, so pretty, pretty and witty and gay. So, see, now, if you want someone to invite them in, you know. <laughs> You're floating. Come on, man. Get away from here. That's kind of Joss Whedon. Yeah. yeah. I'm hungry. You're floating. Yeah. But also, that's not the most. That's not the way. That's not the way to trick yourself into someone's house by floating outside their window, showing your fangs and giggling, and I, shouting, "I'm hungry." I think you might still be drunk. Yeah. Here's the thing: if you get turned into a vampire, does that sober you up? Because he was pretty drunk when well, I mean, he got a... bitten. So maybe he's still drunk. Mm. Well, because you most... know, like when you wake up and you're still drunk and you're just like, ah, oh, and you're just angry, you're but, drunk. But the difference is when you get turned into a vampire, you get most of your blood sucked out, and that's where all the alcohol is. Now, if the first person you feed on is the homeless drunk, then you'll be drunk because you drank his alcoholic blood. All right, I'll give you that. Why do you have to be homeless? Well, those are the people most likely to be sleeping near the cemetery, which are going to be the first ones you run into. And drunk. You really thought this out, haven't you? <laughs> I've got plans, man. You, you gotta really did role play that you gotta have ten to, years. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have contingencies. <laughs> now the mom completely different. Yeah. Actually, Cromley uh, is the alias of my character from that game. That's where that comes oh. from. Oh. Do you want to give everybody your email address? That so when we compose this. That would be uh, that would you can get me you reach me at Bill Monroe at Playcole or Cromley at Playcole dot com. There you go. You might get two emails. There we go. One of which arguing is about White Wolf. Argue. No I'm, matter what, yeah. the emails are going to tell you that you're wrong. My main character was a setite. More like a dork. <laughs> Corridors forever, son. <laughs> dork self hatred runs rampant. See, this is like. I'm a little happy about that too. This is why like comic book conventions are actually horrible places to be. Because it because it's like, you know what? You guys get beat up every day, you get made fun of. Here's a place where you can all come together. And they all come together and they make fun of each other. They're like the most hostile places and they're always like ninety-four degrees indoors. So so John, oh. how did sitting in your office feel <coughs> Filled with action figures and elves and comic books and Star elves. Trek memorabilia and Luke Skywalker. How does it feel to actually be the cool one in the group? I don't have any elves. <laughs> well, do you have like a bat mite? Bat mite's kind of an elf. I don't have a bat mite. Well, dude, I'm okay. <laughs> You've got a drawer full of orcs. No, I got a box full of orcs in the garage. <laughs> which I think makes me cooler. <laughs> Because you have a garage or you have a box full of orcs? Because I got a garage. <laughs> Which is negated by having a box full of orcs. <laughs> but it's a, the fact that they're in the garage, because when something's in the garage, it's obvious that you don't care about it. Yeah. 
don't you give them away? Uh, now here, here, I want to give him my son. Now here is. I want my son to grow up with a box full of orcs. <laughs> now here's Proto Giles in the women's locker room. I'm not sexist or anything, but every shot she's nipping. What? Like every shot, she's nipping. Like her breast. Like there, right? Again, making the movie work for me. I'm just saying, like maybe we could have Buffy in like. You know, a nice dress, cause she's, cause she's, you know, a, an empowered lady. No, she's a mole girl. She like, and it, and it's like ninety one, which means it's still eighties. It, it's all about becoming empowered. Okay. She's not empowered yet. She, she has to wear just, like a sweater after. Right. She has to discover her inner strength after she burns down the school. Right. Maybe she'll make wear less makeup. Like this looks like a movie he was like angry to make. What? Look at the mustache twirl. I don't think that'll hold up in court. Oh, a chosen one. Always a chosen one. There's always a chosen one. I want someone to be prophesied to be the chosen one and it doesn't amount to anything. You see so many movies about the chosen one, then you, you turn about like 14 and nobody chooses you for anything. Right. You're like, I'm not even the chosen one in kickball. <laughs> and that's why nerds are angry. That's like, uh, nerds are just so, nerds are so angry and they have to let it out on something so they let it out on other nerds. I mean, throughout their childhood, nerds are told with great power comes great responsibility, and they ain't responsible for shit. Because they don't have any power. <laughs> they, got, they got nothing. It's like, oh, Uncle Ben's right. When I when I use my brain to invent a new internet, I'll have so many response. No, no one cares. No one cares about your web 2.0. Nobody's going to remember it. Even if everybody uses it. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. They're just going to look up porn, and they're going to care about the naked girl in the porn. Yeah. Uh, here we got our big 80s musical montage. Training montage. Wow, what is she wearing? Pastel. Sadly, my, my high school had warm-up pants like that for the guys' track team. I think, I think montages are why I'm overweight, because I really think I need to exercise 45 seconds, and I will be in a different shape than when I started, <laughs> and it's not true. But you also have to change your outfit seven times in the 45 seconds. I can do that, though. But you listen to you one song... Yeah. Like one Aerosmith song. Was that segment, up until the be the bag hitter, was that segment straight out of Once More With Feeling? Might have been. I'm, I'm thinking they may have pulled a bunch of that training montage right out of this movie. I'm thinking Joss Whedon had brought nothing out of this movie into the show. Well, he brings subtle things. And like, <clears throat> if you want, if he does redo something, it's to show that he can do it right. Yeah. I never watched, on a personal level, never watched the original series when it was on, was that I was in my early teens, and my uncle really loved it, and he was the uncle that would send you, like, 
sexy jokes via email. <laughs> like, unwelcome sexy jokes. And it was just kind of like, maybe this isn't a show for me because he liked it. Yeah. And that's really the reason I didn't watch it. Because my, my uncle was just like, hey, you'll love it. I'm like, no, I don't like jokes about weird dicks and bars. So I'm not going to like this. Yeah, I didn't like it because my sister liked it. See, there you go. Did your sister send you sexy emails? No, my sister didn't talk to me oh. until we were both 30. Now that we have kids, we talk. <laughs> we, we both talk about how crazy my, our mother is. We had to, I think we had to wait for my mother to get, like, middle-aged and crazy to have something to talk about. In high school, nothing. How, how old apart are you? Hmm? How old apart? She's three years old. But she was, like, in high school when I was in junior high, so it was just enough to... Steven Root is good in everything. Because he's Steven Root. It's been here too. They see now she's wearing the Billy Jean jean vest. Yeah, with no sleeves. Now she's tougher. I feel like Stephen Root's probably the only guy that Josh Whedon would have wanted to work on. Yeah. Probably the only casting choice he agreed with. We're like, we got Donald Sutherland and David Arquette and Luke Perry. No, no. And Steven Root. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. At least give me the guidance counselor. Now, this is pre-Jimmy James. Nah. Yeah. This is pre a lot of things. Pre-Milton. Pre Steven Root played a Klingon once. That's pre-Steven Root. And he was Steven Root as a Klingon. Nice. Sort of awkward. Yeah, I would think he'd, I would think he'd make a better Ferengi. Too tall, big guy. Kind of like Gruber in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Oh, and all and all guys in uh, in California in high school repair cars. Yeah, they they all have these after school jobs that on, that only adults who work full time have. Right. Like. Or they own a club. <laughs> they own a dance club where they're like an <laughs> auto mechanic. Yeah. Or they fly planes. <laughs> right. And the girl and girls in shows like this and movies like this are always like doing like this these like service projects that involve them flying to other countries on the weekend. Yeah. When I was a kid, I, I thought this really happened, but I thought it happened in California. This this actual event. No, like, just these high school careers. No, oh, I didn't I think you they were vampires. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, you thought this was a biopic about a very real woman. <laughs> but it's only in California. Because <laughs> the vampires want to be where it's sunny. But, but you're in Queens, in and it's wintry, and whew. They don't like it. You gotta take a bus everywhere. It's very salty. The air is salty. <laughs> you know, because if you're gonna live forever, you're gonna pick a nice place to live. So much better if you thought this movie was real. Like this and my boyfriend's back. You thought were true stories. <laughs> the song or the movie? The movie. The movie. One of the best zombie movies of our time. Hello? Yeah, because you can even see in the script that, like, this could have been... I mean, it could have been the show, right? Which is great, but it also could have been Shaun of the Dead, right? Yeah. Which is great. If they made the vampires real and scary, versus just like weird and goofy and right. 
Just like, hey, we're having fun with vampires. Look at me. I got elf ears. I'm yeah. a vampire. Oh, were toaster cakes new at that time, or were they like? Again, that sounds like a sounds like Jocelyn me. What toaster cakes? Are? Yeah, yeah. You get sort of see he's he's got these lines. It, it's like in similar to the way to the, one of to one of the things about Serenity and Firefly is that every now and then you can be watching it, and all of a sudden there's some Jocelyn. Buffy dialogue that just pops into Firefly and Serenity. Because that's just his dialogue. Yeah. It, it's even in his X-Men comics. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a natural reaction in front of the face. A reaction to their unnatural reaction. If you're going to be able to use them, I was watching the documentary to Robocop today. Mm-hmm. And every single actor they talk to, like, Peter Weller and Ronnie Cox and Miguel Ferrer and Kurtwood Smith, and all, all of them were like, you know, when I got the script, I was like, well, this movie's terrible. But how much do they want to pay me? <laughs> I have a feeling that everybody in this movie had that same feeling, except Robocop mm-hmm. turned out to be, like, really awesome. Well, here's... Now, I, I don't know about that. Here's what I think may have happened. They may have gotten the script... Signed on to it, thinking this is going to be really good, and then the studio got their hands on the script and rewrote it about twenty times over Joss's objections. And by the time they started filming, it had turned into this. I don't even think they rewrote the script. I think it's all in the direction and it's all in the tone. Because there's nothing in the dialogue or or the plot that's really bad. It's just the way they're doing it. Maybe it was like, they all read the script and they were like, this is terrible. And then the producers were like, yeah, but remember RoboCop? (laughs) (laughs) They made three of those. Those were great. And everyone's like, I love RoboCop. I'll buy that for a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) See, Donald Sutherland actually showed up and went, so where's the RoboCop? They're like, no, it's like RoboCop. You told me this was RoboCop. He was fighting vampires now. I came to meet Peter Weller and talk about Buckaroo Banzai over lunch. He has, he has just a copy of RoboCop and a Sharpie pen. He's like, where's <laughs> Peter Weller? <laughs> Merrick wanted to be a bootmaker. Wow. Diverted him from his dream. Yeah. And Buffy wants to be a buyer. A buyer? A buyer. Oh, like a consumer because she's a girl. Yeah, because she's shallow and you got a porn you like. As a side note, I would love to hear Christy Swanson say, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. In any context. I also can't get the picture of Donald Sutherland being the biggest fan of RoboCop. (laughs) (laughs) It's just sticking with me now. He's got like a model of the EV 902. Oh, he's got it all, man. (laughs) He's saying, bitches, leave. <laughs> and then they get... Like by himself. Kirstie Swanson gets mad at him. He's like, no, like in RoboCop. We stopped talking about RoboCop, but that's why I'm here. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's how you know there's a vampire in the backseat. When, when you can't start your car and then you say, this is not my night. I say that all the time. Luke Perry is absolutely proto Xander. 
I think you know, that, that ah is a lot longer than the subtitles would like. <laughs> <laughs> that was two A's and an H, and that was definitely six A's and a... Yeah, that went over a couple of cuts. <laughs> I think you've made a con... You've made a conscious tone choice in your movie when the scariest vampire is Paul Rubens. <laughs> when he's your main villain. Yeah. That's like when they wanted to put Howard Stern as the Scarecrow. You're like, you know what? This movie's not going to be good. Don't make that movie. They wanted to put Howard Stern as the Scarecrow? Yeah. And what? And originally they were going to make the fifth Batman movie right after Batman and Robin, but then right. it bombed. Right. But they were going to do like another Joel Schumacher, George Clooney one with Howard Stern as the Scarecrow. Oh my god. <laughs> I would have just been like. Somebody thought that was a good idea? An executive. You know, people talk about these morning DJs. Let's tap into that. That movie would have held up over time. Here's the thing what? we've managed to suck all the drama out of this moment. Where now it's just a guy going, Bleh. Paul Rubens has now stuck his hand through the roof of the guy's car as they drive through a park. And now his hand is fell severed. through the roof after it knocked Paul Rubens off. And yet everyone involved in this scene is bored. Yeah. That's like, that's your big scene. Like, in the script, half of those letter, half of those words were in all caps. Right. Severs arm, drives into tree. Because <laughs> he also took his arm. Get it? Oh, oh yeah. Uh-oh. I thought he was going to sing one. <laughs> I got a song like, for you. Like Bugs Bunny. Music soothes the savage beast. They've fallen asleep. <laughs> Now's my chance to get away. But then one of them hugs him in his sleep. Yeah. See, Why are the vampires so slow? So you can see she's getting tougher. Because they traded celerity for flight. Because now... <laughs> Again with the role playing. Man, but they lack the subterfuge. see Buffy is changing because she has less patterns on her pants. Right, she's becoming more of an actual person. Yeah, she has solid colors. Because that's what actual, realized people do. They don't look like the members of Living Color. <laughs> the Fly Girls from Living Color? No, the guys who played Cult of Personality. Oh, right. But the Fly Girls, too. like Christy Swanson watches this in a sort of Sunset Boulevard type way where it's like this is at me at my peak. See I think out of all of them probably Christy Swanson was probably the most mad that she didn't get called for the series. Like I'm sure Luke Perry didn't care. Donald Sullivan was relieved because he just didn't want to have the conversation of well, you know I'm a movie star. I don't want to be on the WB. Well, it's like I can imagine what happened like when e either when they moved net, moved to UPN or maybe earlier on when they brought in Faith or brought Faith back. I can imagine in part that was because Sarah Michelle Gellar decided at some point that, you know what, you're going to give me more money or I'm going to quit and the show's going to be over. And they went, 
No, we'll just go on without you. Like the X-Files. You see how well that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how well does it work out? You know what? The company's done okay. He's got a Showtime series. Geller did two Scooby-Doo films. And a couple of horror movies. And a couple of horror movies. Her best movie was the one she made while she was still doing Buffy when she made Dangerous Liaisons. I never saw any Or not Dangerous Liaisons. The, high, the other version of that. Right, right, right. It was that. Yeah. She wasn't terrible in it, but the movie was good. But all of her roles since Buffy have been based on her being Buffy. It's like her fighting some little monster. Like, yeah. It's not, she hasn't I done su- romantic I suppose, comedy. I suppose or... Velma really is Buffy. Velma is really just a sucking, sucky Buffy. Well, Velma's Buffy if she were a normal woman. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, we should go solve the mystery instead of like, I got boobs! Shopping bags! More nipples. <laughs> Thank you. Where that's ironic because Velma in the Scooby Doo movies was Linda Cardellini. Yeah. Good career. Yeah. Freaks and Geeks before. Now she's on ER. Oh, I was thinking Daphne. I was making Sarah Michelle Gellar Daphne. Daphne. Sarah Michelle Gellar was playing Daphne. Yeah. Not as good a choice. No. I was angry for the first couple of seasons of Buffy that it wasn't Kirsten Swank. I would have watched her on a weekly basis. I don't care if she was 30. Rutger Hauer! With a mustache. You know what? Rutger Hauer is one of those guys where, like, everybody thinks of him as, as a great actor, but he's never really made an A movie. He's always like good in these B movies. Like he's in Blade Blade Runner wasn't a huge movie. You know, or like he was in the Hitcher chasing C. Thomas Howell around. Right. What's the biggest movie Rucker Howard's made? Sin City. Is he in Sin City? Oh, he's in Sin City for like five minutes. But besides that, I don't know. That's like saying that's a Mickey Rourke has a bigger part. Yeah, we'll make your work like kills him. Carlo Gugino has a bigger part in Sin City. A lot of people have bigger parts. <laughs> I'm just saying, Rucker Howard. He doesn't have to spend his life measuring himself to other actors in Sin City. That's like that's like me saying the biggest movie Madonna has. Well, not Madonna. <laughs> the biggest movie Paul Rubens has made. The biggest movie Rosie O'Donnell's made is League of Their Own, but it's not really Rosie O'Donnell's movie. Do you think uh, you think Boys Don't Cry hurt Hilary Swank more than it helped her? No. But then when she tried to make other movies, everybody's like, you look like a guy. <laughs> you look a lot like a guy. So the, the only other big movie she could play was when she was a girl beating up other girls. It's like, yeah, you beat up other girls because you look like a guy. And only Clint Eastwood and Morgan Free would hang out with you because they really look like guys. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, look at her there. Why are they looking at her disgusted? Like, he grabbed her, he grabbed her ass, and she was like, hey, please don't do that. This is the 80s. That was still okay. Well, because the crowd she's hanging out with, women don't stand up for themselves. I mean, this is 1986, so, I mean, you got to realize that child molesting had only been bad since 1978 at this point. Since they did that episode of, uh, 
Is it after school special or something? Right, right. Since, Gordon, Gordon, since that episode of Different Strokes. When exactly. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon Jump played the bicycle salesman. Yes. He, yes. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. That's when molesting became bad. Like, that's when. Shortly before drunk driving was no longer acceptable. Or taking caffeine pills. Isn't this the middle of the day? That's a night game. Doesn't look it from the lighting. You think that's because they have lots of bulbs? You think you could thank Thomas Howard? Edison for that? Oh, I don't know. You think... <laughs> they did this in Freaks and Geeks. They did. They stole this. Oh, actually, poor Freaks and Geeks. And shake. So, do you think Donald Sutherland and Rutger Howard know each other? Well, I mean, like, well, by there, like. Do you think Donald ever calls up Rutger and he's like, do you want to watch RoboCop again? <laughs> <laughs> and Rutger's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not in it. <laughs> Rutger Hauer only watches movies he's, he's in. And Donald Sutherland's like, well, neither am I, but it's still awesome. And then Rutger Hauer's like, not as awesome as if I was in it. And then hangs up. <laughs> Donald's a little mad. He's That's... like, I'm in the middle of Blade Runner now. I'll call you back. <laughs> There's an awful lot of white guys in those basketball teams. There's an awful lot of white people in that school. They only got one black cheerleader. I think she's the only one in the school. Is that Ben Affleck? Yes, Ben Affleck was an extra in that. Oh my god. Doing just as good a job as normal. You think he still uses that on his resume? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball player the fact number that he three. still uses a resume. <laughs> he's like he's done the point where he's like, "Dude, like, so what else have you done, Ben Affleck?" <laughs> <laughs> like they know who he is, but they're still messing with him. <laughs> <laughs> name some movies. Come on, name them. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I got something. Ben Affleck, the vampire, is fighting Christy Swanson, the Slayer, in the middle of the basketball court in the auditorium. Ben Affleck's not the vampire. Yes, but everybody's still kind of like, this game is ruined. <laughs> why is Lenny from Motorhead outside the school? Wait, why is a biker gang? Whoa, oh, he's going to hurt her. I mean, hurt him. Who do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling my friends who just saw it. And again, this is pre-internet. He didn't, even, he didn't even have a blog or a message board. <laughs> To say like, girl who stole my bike is a dyke. Now you see, no matter how, no matter how much of a dyke she is, it doesn't make you look any cooler when you have to start off with the story. Yeah, she stole my bike. <laughs> it helps though, rather than saying a girl stole my bike. I think that was his point. How many bikes do you think that guy's had? <laughs> so many. Because it's just like, it depends on how many dykes there are. Well, let's put it this way. He's supposed to be a big bad biker, and when a 15-year-old girl steals his bike, he just does like the old fist shaking. Why? <laughs> this is the fourth time this month. Oh, hey. Because he got totally disrespect for that biker. That was just unnecessary. That biker had stood up for himself, she would have at least parked it. There was also a thing in the like the early 90s about... Cool character stealing a motorcycle from someone. Well, and now, 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 now the, the Slayer has that stomach cramp you get from running because she was riding the bike. Uh -huh. 
and then get an animal to speak? Hmm. They can't really talk. No, they can't. No, he kinda looks like early Jim Carrey there. Looks like a weird combination of It's like way too much enunciating. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Again, a just we need line just delivered wrong. Yeah. They also don't explode into dust. Yeah. When they're uh No, there's just a lot of dead bodies. Yeah. Huh. Oh man. What is this, a Crosby and Hope movie? <laughs> Two of them are gonna play patty cake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boom. Punch that vampire as hard as you can. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. It's duck season. <laughs> that always works. I think they're still like undead folk. I thought they staked them all. Well, she just wrapped the one between her legs. I didn't see the stake though. Uh. Isn't America the name of a drug company? See, it would have been cool if they, like, broke... That's the name of an Anne Rice character. There you go. Sorry. It was... I was think, trying to think of another Merrick. It would have been cool if they brought Kirstie Swanson in at some point, like, as another character, you know? Right, like mm -hmm. another Slayer. Like like on Battlestar Galactica, when they brought the old Apollo in. It would have been... Tom you know when they, You know when they could have brought her back? Would have been perfect. Would have been in that episode where Spike goes and tells Buffy about how he killed the other three Slayers. Yeah, that would have been cool. Kirstie Swanson doesn't get enough respect. That is quite the mustache. He's quite the Rutger Hauer. <laughs> He's as about as Rutger Hauer as you can possibly get. Man, you do not get more Rutger Hauer than Rutger Hauer. <laughs> it's kind of like going around the world. There's only so far you can go before you just start coming back. To Rutger Howard. No, like, yeah, he's as Rutger Howard as you get. If you went any further, you'd be just getting less, less. and less. Oh, yeah, oh, Rutger yeah. Howard. So I think this movie was worth the $5. Oh, absolutely. But I threw away the box and shoved this inside the Buffy box sets. Because it's not worth the shelf space. That's the line I drew. Yeah. Well, that seemed like that was going to turn out that way. Is that nice beaver? When you when you attack somebody, should you really stop there and say their name and wait? Love those. You ready? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> okay, on three. They're in the uh, Pasadena area at the storage yard for the uh, Rose Parade floats. Oh. 
That's what Glenn said when she drove her motorcycle past it. Oh, it looks like the neon sign graveyard in Mars Attacks. <laughs> Same set. Did just about as well as the box office, too. Man, Mars Attacks made nothing. No. I still kind of like it. This actually did well at the box office. No, did it? it didn't. Yeah. I don't think it did. Because the reaction, like, when Fox said they were going to make a TV show, everybody went, really, that? It was, like, five years later. It's like right now, let's put it this way. Right now, if somebody came out and said, all right, guys, coming this fall, Reign of Fire, the television series. I would be a little excited. CG Dragons, Matthew McConaughey. People are going to be, people would be like, really? Every week? Well, that's like, um, when, um, remember when they made Godzilla, remade Godzilla? Yeah. They, they they had like three episodes of a Godzilla animated series. The one from the seventies or no 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 no, no. Our new show. The new show. They had a new Godzilla show, and when the sh when the movie absolutely bombed, yeah, they just flushed the animated series. But like there was a short period of time when you could buy like Godzilla animated lunch boxes. Was the animated series as bad as the movie? Or yeah, but they dumped it fast. Wow. Because the movie tanked. It's kind of like the Fantastic Four animated series. Yeah. The Fantastic Four movies did well, but they like. They put one episode out every two months and then just run away. Like, the DVD is now coming out, so they'll probably show two more episodes. Right. She's crying. Oh, yeah, because Donald Sutherland's dead. She's actually a woman in this. See? That's all you think. You have to remind yourself that out loud. I'm telling you. Well, you know what? More not... damage than good. She was also in the new Karate Kid. But no, nobody remembers that. Right. She was in the new Karate Kid before this. This was like a step down. Oh, was that before this? I think so. Because the Karate Kid were like all early 80s. I don't and this is early I... 90s, so they must have run that franchise on the ground about that. I know Karate Kid 2 was in 1985. Yeah, and this is like 92. Why it do you know be that one? Be, be, because of the Pizza Terra song that hit. What, what and was I, that song? Is that You're the Best? No, no. This is The Power of Love. No, that was Huey Lewis in Back to the Future. That was still 1985. No. Um, yeah. No, Glory of Love. <laughs> that was the song. There were a lot of love songs in 85. <laughs> love had a lot of adjectives. Let's go. The Glory of Love, Pizza Terra. Karate Kid Part 2. I don't two, remember theme. that song. I don't look at me. I was I was one. Damn, that's depressing. Yeah, it's dark as young. I do not remember a Gloria Love song. Oh. Or did it go? That sounds like you're making it up. No. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were gonna go. It goes like it. Gloria Love. You thing. Oh no. Oh, no. Like, now, now I know you're wrong. <laughs> Make a one man weep, make another man sing. No, it was the it was, it was the <laughs> it was the power ballad. Oh, you know my favorite line in the power love is like you kind of go with it. What was that? And then he throws out he goes he goes don't take money, don't take fame. You're like I'm with you. You don't need no credit card to ride this train. And then you're like we are so out of poetic. <laughs> don't you just broke the. You're trying to sound like Fred Sanford now? I have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> Don't need no credit card to ride this train. Get out of my facial. I've never, you know, it's it's 2007. 
I, I have never gotten on a train with a credit card. I mean, I bought. Oh, I bought my Metro card. card with a credit card. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Lewis was very forward-sighted. <laughs> he was thinking about the Metro card. Now he's going to sue for patent infringement. Like he got that, and he's like, what if you could use this for anything such as public transportation? <laughs> I'm writing a new song. It would be perfect then. <laughs> but you know what? Had he been so forward-thinking, don't need no Metro card to ride this train. Well, I mean, it fits the rhythm and it makes sense. You didn't want to confuse It makes sense in New York. That's like if you took Benjamin Franklin into the future and then he came back with an iPod. Like, <laughs> they would burn him as a witch. What I'm really saying is that. Now, unless he went back to King Arthur's time with that iPod. <laughs> She's getting more and more tomboy. That's right. She's wearing the shorts and the boots and the the flannel. Yeah, she's dressed like Seattle. She's grunge. And so is Luke Perry. They're both very Seattle right now. By the way, that looks completely over. I wore wore that plaid shirt this winter, and uh, Pat Dixon stared at me for about 10 minutes. What, that, like? Like the plaid shirt over the T-shirt? Because it was cold. Yeah, and what did Pat say? Nothing. He just kept staring at it. (laughs) And like I said, I was like, it's cold. <laughs> no, but like, 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 what are you doing? Like that kind of. So you're concerned about the fashion opinions of stand-up comics? Successful ones. It is Pat Dixon. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you don't know who Pat Dixon is, you should really just start Googling. Yeah. Because White Devil is an incredible record. Oh yeah, people are actually going to be listening to this. I forgot. Maybe four. We got a negative review on Star Trek V, so somebody listened to that commentary. <laughs> and hated it each time he yes. listened to it. They started They started an argument about, uh, remember when we complained how they broke through the drywall prison? Yeah. And he and this guy left like a full paragraph. He's like, well, in the 24th century, polymers can be very thin. And I just responded, but it was drywall. <laughs> they built the prison out of drywall. And then it kind of, then people start arguing over the merits of Star Trek V, if it was a good movie or a bad movie, and I don't, I don't think anybody else listened to that commentary. <laughs> Fucking Rucker Howard, son. I would say this is the moment, this is the moment where like Joss Whedon was at a screening and just went, <laughs> and stormed out. That That's true, but I think like honestly, if, if, if me... And whatever woman I was with, if we were married and we couldn't have children, I think I'd want Rutger Hauer. To be your child, or? No, 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 to, like, father it. (laughs) Would you want to watch? A little. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't want it to be, like, crazy. I think the the scene would not live up to your expectations. (laughs) Rutger Hauer on top of your girlfriend is probably not as sexy as you're making it out to be. What about my girlfriend on top of Rutger Hauer? I really just want to see Rucker Howard's face. During it, or just see his face? During, during. I can see his face in this movie. What I'm thinking is he would probably, it would probably be in your apartment, and they leave all the lights on, and there'd just be these shadows that are not flattering. Yeah, Rucker. And you'd just be like, Rucker Howard, you're a fallible human being. Oh, man. And then that baby would come that- out, and you'd be like, you're a little Rucker Hauer, and then it would be like vomiting and pooping in a cyber, and you just you just be let down a little bit more. Oh yeah, that's true. I don't want Rucker Hauer. Donald Sutherland's still in. <laughs> I was a very pretty in pink entrance there. 
Yeah. Do you think this movie was trying to cash in on like the Lost Boys? Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, we all well, we had all those vampire movies right at the same time. Bram's the they did a Bram Stoker's Dracula right at the same time. Oh yeah, right. The, you know, you had the Lost Boys. You had a couple other vampire movies. You had Blackula about the same time. Blackula, I was in the seventies. The seventies. Wasn't there another one like nineteen eighty three? Yeah, and an Eddie Murphy vampire movie. Oh yeah. For a second there, I thought you were gonna say Bela Lugosi's Dracula was right around that time. It's like you just had a video vampire marathon one weekend. That's all you're remembering. Did you Did you guys? Yeah, Nosferatu, Dracula Dead and Loving It. I I think it was a little later. I've never seen that. It, don't. That was about the time when Mel, well, Mel Brooks just went. Ah, I gotta stop making these movies. Well, when Leslie Nielsen gets into a Mel Brooks film, that's like the perfect storm of terrible. <laughs> that's like when you have the worst of Mel Brooks and the worst of Leslie Nielsen, which is most of Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Well, the, th the, th well, the thing is, you have Mel Brooks, who's like, he's done some great stuff, but then he can also be really hacky. Right. And then you have Leslie Nielsen, who never learned how to be a comedian. Right. It was like, let's put him in an airplane and just... Have him do the line straight, and that'll be funny. And then and he's he... just been making airplane ever since. Yes, but at some point he started to think he was funny, <laughs> which is not the case. I think Weird Al is DJing. <laughs> Story about Homer and my heart. Oh, everybody's happy for Buffy. I don't think she's getting an umbrella at this prom. Now, why is she there? I thought she went there to kill the vampire. Well, she wanted to go dance and drink punch and be with her friends. I think vampires are going to come back. Comprende? Did she break up with her boyfriend? No, her boyfriend broke up with her. He left her a message and showed up with Jenny, because he's with Jenny now. Oh. And that's why the limo never showed up to pick her up. I wish I had a boyfriend. See, in high school, I always thought that, like, if you wore a leather jacket and you, like, stared at the ground brooding and looked all shy, that you, you would get laid. But what I learned is that no one will talk. Nobody. They go, that guy's weird. He's staring at the floor and keeps raising one eyebrow. What I found in high school was that if you uh, ate too much and never exercised and wore a solar system shirt like I had, <laughs> instead of getting laid as I thought in the movies, uh, <laughs> nothing. Everyone just thought, hey, I'm going to cheat off him. Yeah, but there's, <laughs> there's one problem. That never happened in a movie. Well, like, in, in like every movie, like Revenge of the Nerds or Animal House, there's always, like, the nerdy guy who can't get laid, and they're like, we're gonna hook you up. And he ends up with the hottest woman in the movie. Because that's a joke. <laughs> well, except... But you, but you gotta go back to the classic. Pretty, like, it does not happen in Pretty in Pink. Ducky ends up alone. Oh, that's true. It yeah. does not happen no, in no, the No, 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 a girl looks at him and smiles. Looks at him and smiles, but nothing ever comes of yeah, that. Yeah, I had girls look at me. Bre oh, the, breakfast, the Breakfast Club, the nerd... He no, has to write him. the damn essay for everyone. And he, ha he, has, he has to punch himself in the arm when he did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get Ali Sheedy yeah, or Molly Ringwald. Well, That's like, why there were three guys and two girls in that movie. That's the message. If you're the nerd, you're going to be the third guy. Yep. Next to the athlete and the juvenile delinquent. Now you can go. Fatty Arbuckle got chicks. <laughs> but he Fatty killed Arbuckle, them. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, but like... <laughs> But that was his choice after he got them. <laughs> right. That was a different time then. In the night, in the silent film era, if a woman hooked up with you, you could squash her to death during sex. That was that was a Supreme Court ruling. He was also famous already. 
You think if he was like Fatty Arbuckle, the guy at the uh, Esso station, the soda jerk? Fatty Arbuckle, the soda jerk. Making carbonates? <laughs> you think he'd be able to squash women to death during sex? No, because they would be bigger than so. him. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be on top. Ah, uh, here come Here's the vampires. The vampires. Oh. Is someone kidding? Always dicks. Like, you know why? Because they're selfish. Because they're like, hey, look, people, let me suck the life out of them. But, like, what's weird is <laughs> she invited them in because they're seniors. That's your Cordelia. Yep. Oh, there's an Asian vampire. Everything in this is a little too wacky, like the painted tigers and the... Right. I got a bag full of solutions. That sounds just me. I think it's the pink smoke that kind of undercuts the horror and action. What do you think? Yeah. Well, they're just not threatening. The vampires aren't threatening. Yeah. They're, they're like, like nerdy well, goth kids. But what is it that's not... <laughs> but what is it that's not making them threaten? Because they've got teeth. Is it their acting? Is it's it the their, lighting? It's definitely the acting. It's definitely there we go. Ah, come out, Buffy! Now there's a boyfriend for you. He throws his leather jacket to his girlfriend who just ripped off her skirt so she can use it to fight vampires. Like, look, that's yeah, bad acting. They sort of, okay, now lean forward and growl. And, and the Foley effects aren't great either. <laughs> no, they're all kind of Flintstone-y. Right, like, <laughs> bow! Okay, and he just winked at the camera. Yeah, that <laughs> that's why there's no horror in this film. That's like if Leatherface would just went to the camera and went, "What am I gonna do next?" <laughs> and back out. Do you lose the horror? That's also the problem with the later Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Yes. What were we talking about that? Where like by the fifth one, where he's playing Nintendo. Yeah. With the kids, it's like, now I'm playing with power, and like just. Kid dies as a video game graphic. I remember but, that too. but it's like a Donkey Kong video game. Hey. Yeah, see? Now the vampire DJs. And what's what's always with the skinny guy and like the derby? Like, 80s movies always have that guy. Like, that's the wacky guy. Wacky, yeah, the wacky guy is always the skinny guy with the derby. Or the fat nerd. I was more of a fedora guy. Yeah, but again, nobody wears either of those hats anymore. You know who wore hey, one of those hats? Hey, he's referencing Monty Hall and Let's Make a Deal. You know who, you know who wore those hats? Hitler. Fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> he got ladies like a motherfucker. But he used it to 
<laughs> not to his advantage. That's true. If you kill him. Oh, uh, black girl dies. Ah. Uh, Were they vampires? One was, one wasn't. So, like, the cowardly man. That's, that sounds like David Arquette's idea. Yeah. David Arquette probably showed up on Coke again and went, I was watching The Wizard of Oz. I want to do that. And everyone's like, all right, cool. Sure, you're crazy. David Arquette actually did okay. He did all right. He married Courtney Cox. He, mar he married Courtney Cox, and he does movies that, like, now that indie films that he writes. Like, he did a horror movie recently about, like, a, a guy in a Ronald Reagan mask that was killing hippies. What was the name of that? I, I forget, but I remember it made the indie circuit. It's apparently terrible. But he wrote it. All right. Then he's to blame. Because I was just thinking I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time. They used to make a lot of them. <laughs> That's a Joss Whedon line. Yeah. Oh my god, he's got an electric violin. He's Frogger Hauer! <laughs> <laughs> but he still needs a metronome. He's thousands of years old, and I he think, still needs a metronome. I think you may have put... Yeah, well, you know, perfect timing doesn't come with age. You either have it or don't. Right. I bet this wasn't in the script. Yes. This seems like a bit where they were like, the director's like, ha, all right, I've got an idea, Paul Rubin. Yeah. I want you to pretend to die, and then not die, and then die again. Like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Or what I'll bet, Paul did it for the blooper reel. That's and exactly. And the director decided, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Oh, the blooper reel? He was like, they're like... going to love this at the rap party. <laughs> And it was very late. That was like take 19. And then right. he sees the final cut and goes, oh, crap. Yeah, I still say this did not do well at the box office. Oh, my God. Where is I think this is the only example in history of like a crappy movie turning into a good TV show. There's plenty of examples of like TV shows turning into crappy movies. Or good movies turning into crappy TV shows like real Ghostbusters. Yeah. MASH was a good movie that turned into yeah. a good TV show. But a very different one. Yeah. But neither of them were bad. No. This um, is this is definitely bad. Crappy movie into a good TV. Yeah, I think you're right. It's rare that you that people say the TV show is great, but don't watch the movie because it's awful. Yeah. Was it what? His cousin? 
join Rucker Howard. You join Rucker Howard, I'll join Christy Swanson. Yeah, are you telling me you choose Rucker Howard over Christy Swanson? <laughs> Maybe not in that outfit he's wearing, but like, you know. I, I think part of you wants to get him out of that outfit. And just look at him. That is a lousy effect. Yep. <laughs> Giving attention to the dead vampire. He's Steven Root! <laughs> Look, how great was that? That's probably the best moment in the entire movie. Uh, nope. Steven Root giving detention to corpses. That's an Oscar winner, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Oh. Cross-eyed. Are you gonna give him that? No, no. <laughs> Rucker Howard, you've lost it. <laughs> you've lost it on half. Trust me. Oh, there's the PG-13. Yeah, he said bitch before. I think. Did he? Why does a vampire need a samurai sword? Because, you know what, I'm mad at Rucker. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Rucker, you're on your own. <laughs> I think you just made the list. You just made my list, man. You have to go out and... It's now you and David Allen Greer. Past loves that are now over. <laughs> when did David Allen Greer lose it for you? Jumanji? Life <laughs> with Bonnie didn't bring you back? He no. was in Jumanji? <laughs> He was in Jumanji. Played Wasn't he a cop? Yeah, he was, uh. he was a cop. <laughs> yes, not threatening. Every Buffy TV show fight scene was much more suspenseful than that. Yep. Even the ones that didn't have a budget. They kept the dialogue even when they had pay even when it was fast. Well, now he's not getting up for a while. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to. What? Your shit is on the. 
<laughs> Would have been better if they freeze framed on that. <laughs> yeah. Written, written by Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they would have stolen the theme from the Bob Newhart show. <laughs> when you said written by Joss Whedon, I just thought of like seeing his signature like over the picture. Or like Stephen J. Cannell would be typing and throw the paper out. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon must have had a lot of roadblocks in his career that he overcame. Yeah, you gotta admire him. He wrote Toy Story. Yeah. I think I think that's the only Pixar movie written by a guy outside of Pixar. Although The Incredibles was written by Brad Bird before he worked at Pixar. No, they hired him to do The Incredibles. Oh, did they? Yes. But, but I think he had it. He had it as an idea. He was going to do a two D. Oh. But like Toy Story, they Pixar came up with the story, but they hired him to write a screenplay. Right. Like after that, they did everything in house. Dance Among the Dead Vampires. Let's dance. Do, 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 do. Oh, now he's a vampire and he bites her. That's a twist ending of M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> had done this movie. Worthy of M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, now the twist would be she would be the vampire. Or the twist would be... The twist would be the... Steven Root would be the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Riding with helmets, that's dangerous. Oh, it's over. Cindy Clark as Buffy's mom. Cindy Clark, thank you. Oh, it's Candy Clark. Oh, Candy Clark, I can't read. Christy Swanson as Buffy. Donald's love. I'm done. It's a pretty, it's a pretty strong cast. It really is. <laughs> There's like a lot of people that got bigger and a lot of people that were like character actors. Tom Jones. Tom James. Tom James. Oh, that's better. No one can read. Bob Swainy Swains. <laughs> Look at all the vampires. And the ladies see, oh. if you will. Is that Liz Smith? Is that Bill Nye? Ha ha ha! So Liz Smith in this movie is kind of like Lisa Gibbons in Robocop. Right. Who is he? What is he? Where does he come from? Hey, Rutger, it's Donald. I don't want to watch Robocop. What about Robocop 2? <laughs> I want to watch that even less. What about Robocop 3? Robocop the series? Yeah, buddy. Robocop the Animated Series, a Hanna-Barbera production. Yeah, they really did everything with Robocop. There was a Marvel comic. There was a Nintendo game. Wow. I owned it. It was terrible. <laughs> okay, that's funny. The tails are still sketchy as to exactly who... You think Joss Whedon wrote all this? You know, I mean, like, the director could have had one good idea in shooting. I feel bad because I feel like everything in this movie that's good, we're like, well, that's Joss Whedon. Everything that sucks <laughs> is the director's. Like, they both could have had something. Oh, man. Oh. oh, now we're back to the Paul Rubens dying scene. It was shot for the gag reel. Yep. Prop makers. 
So that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie. Yes, it was. Final yeah. thoughts, Mike? Uh, you know what? There's nothing good about this movie. <laughs> that's my final well, thought. Well, I get I gotta disagree with you there. I I'd say number one good thing about this movie, it's over. Uh, number two good thing about this movie. Yep. Well, it's over. Your thoughts, John? Kirstie Swanson is still hotter than Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, you are wrong! You are wrong! Still hotter. No. Totally hotter. It's meaningless without Allison Hannigan. Well, they had like a fake Allison Hannigan. Yeah, but she and was only in it for like 30 seconds. Because that's the kind of movie it was. Matthew Sweet. See, that's see, this? that's the whole problem with this movie. If they had if it was less fake Giles and more fake Willow, I'd have been on board with this movie. There was an Ozzy Osbourne song in this movie. There's an Ozzy Osbourne song in every movie. A Robert ha Rob Halford song. Every movie is required by law to have one Ozzy Osbourne song. Good for him. It's a good deal. Yeah. He's up in every movie, man. Man, he always he always puts on movies to try to get laid. He's like, hear that? That's me. And his little wife brushes pushes him out of it. Don't worry about this. Go oh. home. Oh, Ozzy, you're so crazy and drunk. Oh, no. What are we going to do with me? Yay. <laughs> uh. Copyright 1992. Ninety-two. There you go. It, this was. I remember this was a summer movie. It was a late summer movie. The events, characters, and films depicted in this photo play are fictitious. Any celebrity persons, actual, living, or dead, or living dead, right, guys? I five. <laughs> <laughs> I still say there should have been a commentary by Joss Whedon. Well, when you win the lottery, you can go ahead and, and, and pay him to come by and do a commentary with us. Hey, Josh. 